Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Transition Points. I'm Brandon Martinez, and I'm here with Sarah Kennedy. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm well. How are you tonight, Brandon? I'm doing great. The weather was great today. It's like 81 degrees right now, so I am thriving. I just got back from the gym. I got the blood flowing, so I'm stoked. Good. That's awesome. How was your day today? It was good. I had a busy day at work and I was able to get out and enjoy some weather. I left a little early and, uh, you know, it was nice. I left so. a little early too. So don't tell my boss. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so your secret with me. Uh, thank you so much. Your secret is safe with me as well. Uh, so you, uh, created an organization called siblings ending addiction stigma, correct? Right. Well, so the group was, um, organized prior to me becoming a part of it. Um, we were under a different name at the time, um, and it was just like a couple people that would meet at, uh, you know, like our local Starbucks or Panera, something like that. And um, everyone that is a member of our group has lost a brother or sister due to uh, su substance use. I, I just for context, uh, I met Sarah at a tabling event that we did for Abby's Bakery, who is also another great organization that I'm gonna plug a little bit later on. And Sarah was making the rounds uh, and she came to our table and she gave us a flyer for a Siblings Ending Addiction Stigma. And as soon as I read the flyer, I was like, you know what? This is something that I have to uh, publicize. This is someone I wanna connect with because I just I just loved what you guys were doing with the organization. And I love how you guys could take a grassroots grassroots approach to it so you have a number one fan right here i got you any day thank you i appreciate it as i'm sure uh the other members of the group will as well you know after losing our siblings like you try to find a place where you feel comfortable and where everyone within the group understands um what you're going through and what it was like to lose your sibling and you know, it's difficult to find a grief group out there specifically just for siblings, let alone someone who lost their brother or sister due to substance use. So this group for me is uh, very calming. It's comfortable. Um, I feel at peace when I'm with the other members in the group. You know, um, we support one another. And honestly, without these these women, and I say women because we don't have any men that are a part of our group right now, which we would love. We know you're out there. Like we would love to have some male points of views. Um, but honestly, like for the last six years, I don't know where I would be without these group, this group of people. Like they're mm -hmm. just amazing. And there's, it's literally like just no judgment. There's nothing, you know, they accept who your sibling was and it, what they did doesn't define them. Yes, and that's so important to us. And I think it's really great that it's, there's, it's an organization specifically for siblings, because there's a lot of stuff out there for spouses, children, uh, mothers and fathers, but you never really see anything segmented just for siblings. And that's kind of sad because uh, you have this connection with your brother or your sister that unlike anything else that anybody could relate to, because they were, they're, you guys grew up together, you guys share the same experiences, and they are, regardless, a part of you, uh, and they're, they continue to be a part of you, and that's just something that's completely, uh, in my opinion, overlooked quite often. Yes, uh, one of the most common things that we discuss in our group is when, you know, our brother or sister passed away and we were at the funeral, everyone was like, oh, you know, make sure you take care of your mom or your dad, your grandparents, if they're still alive, 
you know, make sure that your other siblings are being taken care of. And a lot of us like took a step back and we were like, okay, that's great. And, you know, of course we're going to try to do that, but who's going to take care of me when I can't be strong enough to take care of my mom or my sister or, you know, someone along those lines, it can be a very lonely place. Yeah. And again, just having that group of everyone that understands it's, it's amazing. Uh, I almost, I mean, I myself am in the recovery system. You, I, I've mentioned that to you uh, a while back, but I almost wish I could sit in on a meeting uh, like this. I know it's specifically just for pe- uh, siblings that went through it with their, with their siblings, but just to see the perspective of what you guys went through, because we don't, I don't always see that as somebody's in recovery. I know what I went through. I know how I made my siblings feel, uh, in my opinion, at least uh, through my own eyes, but I never... Uh, I I never know knew exactly how they were feeling watching me, and you know I have five adopted siblings, uh, but it's very important that they know what I went through. Um, but I really would like to know like their perception of it. So that's something that that's organization's great for. Right, and listen, I would be more than happy to invite you to to be a spectator, for lack of better words one day, you know, uh, I will go back to the group and ask if, if they mind. And, you know, that's part of the, the reason that this group exists and what we're trying to do, you know, we are number one, we are a grief group and we're a support group and, you know, um, we want to help anyone that we can. Uh, the other thing that we want to do is, I don't want to say educate people, but help people understand that, okay, yes, our siblings, they, you know, they they did things that everyone wouldn't agree with, Mm. but that doesn't define the person that my brother was, or that someone's, uh, you know, else in the group, their sister or brother was, he was a son, and he was a brother, and he was a brother-in-law, he was an uncle, you know, he was a friend, he was a cousin, he was all of these things, Mm. and that is the most important thing, like, my brother did not die because he was nobody. You know what I mean? Like, yes, he, he was someone to every one of us that knew him. And it, it, it is horrible to see the hurt in your mom's face and your sister's face. And, you know, especially, and I'm not trying to take it away from anyone, but when you're the oldest and you are, I felt like I was meant to protect my brother and my sister, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm, I'm 10 years older than my sister, 12 years older than my brother. So I, I was supposed to protect them and I couldn't. And I lived with that guilt for, for years, mm-hmm. you know, and like people, some people just, ah, he did drugs. What do you expect? Yeah. You know, like that's, that's not, that's not how this works. Unfortunately. I'm really glad you said that he was somebody. Because too many times I hear people say, yeah, this guy died and nobody alone and on drugs. No, regardless mm-hmm. if he was alone or not, he was still somebody. He still had an attachment to somebody. He was a boyfriend. He was a husband. She was a wife. She was a daughter. You know, it's, there's always a person behind the drugs. There's always a person behind the mental illness. Right, exactly. No one wakes up in the morning and is like, hey, <laughs> I'm going to go, you know, become addicted to drugs. That's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, I want to, whatever, 
you know, is going to happen to me. I want to hurt my family, et cetera. That, that's not, at least I don't think that's how it happens. You know, it, it can't be. It's, that's not it. Absolutely not. What was your brother's name? Uh, his name was Robbie. Robbie. So yeah, I love that name. So Robbie, you started this organization. Well, you, you became part of this organization after losing Robbie. Do you want to tell yes. me a little bit about that story? Oh, sure. If so, you're comfortable with um, it, I don't want to push you. No, I love talking about my brother and I love telling stories about him. And, um, you know, it just makes me feel like he'll always be alive and with me. And the more people that I can tell the story to, like that to me is just amazing. So for me to be standing here tonight, like I can't thank you enough for, you know, our group and for me personally, like to be able to do this is just amazing. Absolutely. Um, so my brother was, it was uh, December 23rd of 2015. He was 26 years old. And um, it, it was a day that my life changed forever. I, I am literally two different people. I am, I have a life that, um, and I have a life and the person that I was before my brother passed away and I have a life and the, the person that I am now. Mm -hmm. um, he, he died of a heroin uh, laced with fentanyl and my mom found him in his bed at her home. And um, that, that was, that's, that was that day. Like I can relive that day. Like there's nothing to it. You know, I can step back in that time. I can, my husband, <clears throat> excuse me, my mom called my husband at work to tell him that he had passed away. And um, my husband came to my job and I can still hear the doorbell ring because our security system at work and I can still see the panic and the hurt in my husband's eyes. And, you know, I can, I, I can do it all. I, I, it, it was horrible. It is horrible. Um, but I'm trying to, to find a way to not remember that day so much as what kind of person my brother was, you know, and he was, he was so, he was so funny and, um, you know, but, um, sorry to get back to his story. I actually didn't, uh, know that he was using. Mm. Um, and I know a lot of people are like, well, how could you not know? I live an hour and a half away from where he lived. And from what I gather from my mom, um, he had, I want to say like only been using for like maybe six months or something. And when my mom told me he was doing really good, like when he passed away, my, I remember my mom saying to me, like, I don't understand he was doing really good. And then it was just like, bam, you know, and um, he had had um, gallbladder surgery a month before. And um, I often wonder if uh, the pain medication, if that kicked him back into it, you know, mm -hmm. And um, it was the week before Thanksgiving, he had his gallbladder surgery and he came to stay with us after he got out of the hospital. So that was like the last time I saw him. Um, the last time we had spent time together was over Thanksgiving weekend. We had a, we had just like an amazing time and it was fun. Mm -hmm. And 
we had family up from North Carolina. We had this like little party or whatever. And I remember like the last thing he said to me as he was walking out of my house was love you. See you later. Like, could you ask for a better ending than that? Absolutely not. You know? No. Um, sorry. <laughs> no, you're fine. We love uh, emotions are a natural part of life. I would be yeah. mad at you if you weren't crying. So it's perfect. Um, and I'm a very emotional person. Listen, um, if it makes you feel any better, uh, I was listening to the radio on the way home from the gym, and I, uh, the Cats in the Cradle and the Silver Spoon came on the radio, and I was, I was bawling my eyes out. So don't, don't even feel bad. All right. Okay. Good. 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 Um, Crying but, is a good know, thing. Yeah, I feel so much better after I let it out. Um, you know, he, he was just fun. He lived with us for a little bit when he went to college down here. And uh, it was a trying time. Like, I'm not going to, you know, it wasn't all flowers and rainbows or whatever. It was trying. You know, I we had two younger kids at the time, my husband and I. And, you know, he moved in and he lived a certain way. We lived a certain way. And, um, you know, we butted heads or whatever. But uh, my husband used to coach peewee football at the time. So he would go to football practice and my brother and I would order like wings and pizza or whatever. And we would have like Wednesday night wings and hang out. And he broke every blessed glass in our house doing dishes. So uh. we had to go out and like buy new glasses. Like these are the things like I, I wouldn't give that time up, you know, especially now because I made those memories that are just yeah. Like, that's what we have to hold on to now. So that was just an amazing time to look back and see everything that we were able to do together during those few years. Yeah. Can you, <laughs> what, what was Robbie like growing up? I know oh you said there, there was a bit of an age gap there. So you might've seen it from a completely different point of view. Yeah, he was, so when he was born, he was like this big cheeked baby. And he had this like, red hair but oh my gosh he was so cute like you just wanted to squeeze him and clumsy he was I think he was clumsy from the day he came home like mm -hmm. he broke his elbows one of them twice falling down the steps or roller skating I don't know like he would the boy would trip over his own two feet right but um he he would he would drive my mom bonkers he would pick on her so bad, really? like just to get a laugh, you know, like he loved to make people laugh and early, from an early age, he loved to do that. But um, unfortunately for my mom, it was at her expense, probably 99% of the time. <laughs> um, he was just, he was just fun and he was loving and, you know, he, he just had this like wild sense of humor and personality. He was mm -hmm. great. Was he like that up until the very end? Yes. Because I, uh, addicts or people currently experience, uh, currently going through substance use, uh, will always remain retain a piece of themselves. And if he maintained that part of himself, then you were very fortunate that you still got to have that. Yes, I mean, I, I was. So after he passed away, I was kind of angry. Um, sorry, mom. I was angry at my mom. Um, because she didn't tell me, you know, yeah. that he was using. And I know now I know it was probably to protect my brother or it was to protect me, um, you know, to, to not make us have to go through that. So in the beginning, I was like, oh, I was very angry that I didn't have my chance to quote unquote, try to save him. 
Yes. You know what I mean? I try to fix him. I'm a fixer. I got to fix it. I got to find a way to make this better. And um, <clears throat> when he, after he passed away, I was really, really angry at my mom for take for all, like, I was like, how could she take that chance away from me? Yeah. But now that we're six years into it and I have a more level head and, you know, years of therapy, I realize it was, it was out of protection, you know? Um, but um, so one of the things that I feel fortunate about almost is that I didn't see my brother really go downhill, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I didn't have the time, you know, to see him like that. And that's fortunate for me because I don't have those memories where I know, you know, everyone else in our group, they have those memories. And, you know, it, I don't want to say it leaves a bad taste in their mouth, but, you know, I don't have that with Robbie. And to me, that is something special for me, Mm. you know? um, You always get to see him as he was. Exactly. He, I always will see him as my baby brother. Yes. You know, and that's what he was. Like, I don't care that he was six foot, whatever. I was the short, I'm the shortest one out of the three of us, right? And I'm like five, eight or something. <laughs> and uh, my brother was like six something. My sister's like five, 10, 11, whatever. And um, he was just this like gentle, someone described him as someone that I work, we, he worked with us for a little bit at the office when he lived with us. And this lady that works there after he passed away, she said to me, you know, he was just a gentle giant. And I was like, he was, you know, he was like this big, this big guy. And, but really deep down, he was just this gentle guy. And Mm. that was, it was amazing. He was, he was amazing. I mean, again, it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and rainbows, but I choose to, I'm trying to remember all of the good times. The good times will always outweigh the bad times. And as long as you have those good times, then there's nothing to worry about. You know, Uh, you hold on to those forever. Um, So your brother passes, Robbie passes, or we will identify him by his name. Robbie passes. And then where does that lead you, leave you? Um, It leaves me almost like grief group shopping. It is almost the way I describe it because I, I knew I needed to find an outlet for what I was going through. And I went to hospital grief groups, which were great for, but they weren't right for me, you know? Um, And I would go and I tried to go to the local hospitals grief group for a few months and I would walk out with more anxiety because it was a lot of older people who had lost their spouses of 40, you know, 30, 40 years or whatever. And it was horrible. Like I would then like start to panic and I'd be like, my gosh, my brother just died. And now like, I, I was like, my husband, what's going to happen? Is my husband going to die? Like this whole, it just like this whole, this grief, it just takes on this whole persona inside of you. So anyway, um, for like six months, I remember just like being in a fog. And uh, one day I, I was like, wow, I was at work and I picked this, this file up and I was like, I didn't even remember working on it. And I thought, I don't know what I've done these last six months of my life. You know, it was a fog and I needed, I knew I needed to get help. And um, so I started my grief, 
my grief, my grief group shopping. I went to Grasp, which again is another amazing group. Um, but they were mainly parents that had lost their children mm. to addiction. And while they were supportive and loving, it just, I couldn't connect with that, you know? And um, so one of the parents that were at, that was at a meeting was like, oh, my daughter is part of this group. And, you know, they meet at local coffee shops and they discuss and, uh, you know, take, they sit together and they, they help each other through whatever they're going through. And I thought, well, that sounds great. And I went and like the first time I'm like, yeah, this is it. Like, Mm -hmm. these are my people. They get it. They understand it. Um, you know, no one looks at you like, oh, your brother, oh, he died from drugs. You know, like you don't get that. And it's just, it's amazing. And um, so the woman that was running it, she went back to school to get her master's for teaching. She has three young kids. And she was like, I just, I don't know if I can do it anymore. And I was like, oh, let me, let me see what I can do, you know? And um, I don't know. I just feel like this is what I'm, I'm, I need to do, mm-hmm. you know? And I wanna, I want our group to help people and I want us to be able to reach out and within the community and and just do different things. And if we can help one person along the way, whether it's to end the stigma, like make somebody see something from a different angle, or help a sibling who is who has lost their brother or sister, um, then I know that not only my brother, but their brothers and sisters didn't die in vain. They, mm-hmm. you know, like that, I feel like that's our purpose. And um, that's, that's the, the road I'm going to try to walk is try to make this, you know, group along with a few other people, like we're just, we're just going straight forward and trying to do what we think is right. Yeah. Is it right? I don't know, but we're going to try our hardest to get there. I think it's, exceptionally important what you're doing and the reason why i keep asking you to say his name robbie his name is because all it takes is one person right uh i feel like i am that one person that you talked to uh during that that mental health fair right and i'm out here and I'm, i'm i'm pushing you as much as i can because i know that robbie robbie's story is just as important as that group it's just as important that somebody like me or just uh, a random person that's going to hear this on youtube listen to this and here is robbie's name because too right. many times we do not put a, a name with the story right and if i could if i could tell you one thing if you don't mind i mean obviously i'm telling you a lot of things but um when my brother first passed away when robbie first died Um, My son was 11 years old. Yes. And uh, we didn't tell him right away how Robbie died. Yeah. And I don't know if it was because I was protecting my, trying to protect my son, or was I trying to protect Robbie's image from, you know, my son? Or did I think he was too young to comprehend or understand? It it does that, that's neither here nor there, but um, so eventually my son says to my husband and I, well, mom, did you ever really find out how uncle Robbie died? Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know what, this is it. I was like, yeah, we did, bud. 
And um, it was a drug overdose. And I have never seen my son so angry at me. And he's like, what do you mean? He's like, Uncle Robbie wasn't a drug addict. He, he had a job and he, he, he had nice clothes and he wasn't, you know, he didn't look like a drug addict. And I was like, whoa. And that, that like hit me, that hit home, you know? And I was like, my own son lost his uncle and he doesn't even know that it, they're just normal for lack of better normal people, you yeah. know? So I was like, wow, I have to educate my son about how his uncle, his fun uncle, you know, um, who had a job and had a car and had money, like how he, you know, how he died. And, and, you know, my, my, our son, I say my son all the time. I'm very possessive. (laughs) Our son, um, he went to school and he's, he told his friend, he's like, Oh, I found, you know, like basically like you found out that uncle Robbie passed away from a drug, drug overdose. And this really mean, thing this one kid said and I know it's because that that kid doesn't understand and he's fortunate enough that he didn't ever have to go through something like this and he said to our son he said you're just upset because your uncle was nothing but a druggie and I remember the day my son came home and I was like whoa well first of all I was like that's not it I said you know that that kid is just really fortunate that his family doesn't have these kind of issues and that he doesn't uh, he doesn't have to understand these these things you know And um, so that helps, like, you know, like I I realized that I educated my son and my husband as well. Um, You know, we recently had a conversation about addiction and mental illness and things. And he said to me, Tom said to me, like, if this never happened, I wouldn't have under, I wouldn't have the understanding that I have now. He's like, I never knew what this could do to someone, Mm -hmm. you know? And that man has stood behind me from day one. Um, you know, we've been together since I was 15. So he has seen me. Wow. Through, yeah. Yeah. So that poor guy, he has seen me through highs, lows, more lows yeah. than I'm sure we like to talk about. But, uh, you know, and, and so I put that in the wind column that I was able to, through all of this, I was able to help my husband understand what this really does to a person, Absolutely. you know, and now he's like, he's our group's biggest supporter sometimes. Like he, he'll come to, like, he came to the mental, to, to the event that, yeah. that I met him at, you know, and he's always, he's always one step behind me and he always has my back. And that's so important. You, all you need is a positive support group. And yeah. what's crazy to think is that, well, not really crazy, but Robbie was probably dealing with some uh, hidden mental illness, you know, because many people that suffer from addiction also have a hidden mental illness that they don't talk about. And they use that, the addiction to help, help them alleviate that, you know? And so it's, it just kind of makes me sad that people don't feel like there's an out for them to talk to people. And I almost wish that Robbie knew I mean, he probably knew how loved he was, but I almost wish he knew how much of an impact he would have on people's lives. Yeah, absolutely. I I definitely feel that addiction and mental health go hand in hand. Um, I definitely feel that Robbie, you know, suffered from some form of mental illness. Um, Honestly, it's not only is addiction run rampant through our family at times, so does mental illness. Mm. Um, 
we like to sweep that under the rug, you know, and it's about time we stop because yeah. I'm tired of watching my, some of my family members, you know, I, I'm tired of it. Um, and, you know, I, I think I told you before, like, this is totally out of my comfort zone. Before Robbie passed away, I would never do something like this. This isn't, you know, this isn't natural for me to put myself out there like that. But if that's what I need to do, I'm learning, like, if that's what I need, if I need to step outside of my comfort zone and tell Robbie's story and make people realize that, that, you know, people that are using and are addicted, if I can show them that, and, and they can listen and realize that they're real people, like, then that's worth it to me, you know? Well, I want to let you know that no matter, as long as I have breath in me, I will let people know about Robbie's story. Robbie's story is something that needs to be heard. Your story is something that needs to be heard. Sibling ending addiction stigma is something that needs to be known about. Now, before, uh, we, before we started, you asked me if you could read Robbie's eulogy. And I was wondering if he would be comfortable enough now to read it. Yes, absolutely. Wonderful. So, um, I, uh, I oh, just, I uh, just... before we go, before we go any further, if you are listening now, this might be a bit of a trigger warning. So moving forward, if you need to take a break, step back from the computer, put down the AirPods for a bit, completely okay. And come back when you are ready. Yes. But I feel like also that if there's people out there that knew Robbie and they're listening, like, I feel like this will definitely make them go into the past and like, be like, yeah, I get it. And I also hope that people that didn't know Robbie and that are just listening um, can picture in their head, like this, this guy, like he, you know, he was great. So um, I stood up in front of everybody. I tried to talk, nothing came out, right? And I remember a friend in, in the, for lack of better, in the audience, in the pew was like, you know, gave me the symbol for just calm down, take a deep breath. So I started and this is, this is what I came up with. Uh, I would like to share a few things about my little brother, Robbie. I'll be all over the place, so just stay with me. And uh, while Robbie attended Antonelli, he lived with us and one day Tom and I, or Tom and I were working, Kirsten was at school and Robbie had the day off and he went outside for a cigarette and accidentally locked himself out. He sat in our very small enclosed porch for hours. Okay, I'm talking this porch isn't even four feet wide. And remember I said my brother was six feet tall. So he sat crunched in this little enclosed area until Kirsten came home from school which was hours later. I came home from work and he tells me what he did. And I said, Rob, why didn't you just go to the neighbors and call me at work? And he said, cause I was still in my pajamas. I said, so you just sat there all day? And he said, yes. And the mailman came and I just sat there. He said, I couldn't even make eye contact with him cause I just hoped he didn't see me. Seriously, he had to see him. Robbie loved music, everything from Blue Man Group to OTEP, some days we would drive into work together and on the way home, Robbie would sing at the top of his lungs to me, some Melissa Etheridge. Why Melissa Etheridge? I have no idea, but I have never listened to come to my window the same. I would be driving laughing so hard, I'd have tears in my eyes. I'd beg him to stop and he would just keep belting it out. And by the time we got home, my stomach would hurt from laughing so hard. 
And he would just get out of the car like it was nothing and walk in the house and just leave me there. <laughs> One time he said to me, hey, did mom tell you she met Larry King? I'm like, really? He's, I said, no, she didn't tell me that. He says, yeah, mom and Sandy were at Country Junction in Wingap where he lived. And he was there. I'm like, wait, Larry King was at Country Junction in Wingap? Robbie in a rather dumbfounded tone. Well, he's from this area, so he goes there. I said, Rob, do you mean Larry King, the guy on CNN, or Larry Holmes, the boxer from Easton? <laughs> and he says, oh, oh, I meant Larry Holmes. Larry Holmes, Larry King, same difference. No, I assure you, two totally different people, Robbie. I, uh, Rob had a lot of nicknames, Rob Dob, Dobes, Mama's Boy. I refer to him as Beaver. I don't know why. I think my sister Melinda started it years ago and it just stuck with me. When describing him to people, I would say he's my real life Napoleon Dynamite. The first time I said that to him, he instantly responded exactly like Napoleon. My lips hurt really bad and your mom goes to college. He had a wicked sense of humor and came comebacks for everything, it seems. I will forever see in my mind times he would come to our house for a visit, him getting out of the car, a smile on his face, waving with one hand and holding his pants up with the other. Seriously, did the boy own a pair of pants or a belt that fit him right? I will miss getting the texts of about some random stuff or sending him a text saying, I miss you, come for a visit and getting one in response that says, I miss you too, or I miss my sissy. I never liked the word sissy before he started calling me that. Now, what I would do to hear it one more time. He loved his family and he loved his friends. He could, would do whatever he could for you. He loved tattoos, monkeys. He had a monkey tattoo and he loved bad horror movies. The other day, a mutual friend of ours described him to me as a gentle soul and I agree. I miss so many things. <laughs> I miss so many things about my brother. Please keep our family in your thoughts. Thank you for your time. Please keep the memories coming. I miss you, Beaver. Wow. And he, that's uh, what I love about that is that you didn't highlight anything negative. You know, it was only positive energy that came from that positive times that came from that. And I think that's the best thing you could have done in that situation. Yeah. I mean, you know, everyone, everyone always talks about the bad times or remembers the bad times. You know, it, it, we need to re rejoice and relive the good times and, you know, while it's sad, he's gone and I will miss him every day for the rest of my life. Like there's so many good things about him that I can just let everybody know and, you know, tell his story. And that's, it's really important to me. If you had, if you met somebody, right. And they came up to you and they say, Sarah, what is one thing you could tell me about Robbie that I should know? What would you tell them? that he loved, he, he just, he loved with his whole heart. Like, you know, he loved his sisters. He loved his mom. Um, he loved his family and he would do what he could for you. And he was more than what took him away from us. And, you know, it's important to our, to us as his family to, for people to remember about him and talk about him and share your stories about him. Um, he loved to laugh. I mean, and he would do anything at his own expense, at mom's expense. 
um, you know, and he loved his sisters and I know he did. It just sucks. <laughs> but he had such a big heart. And the big heart is what we'll remember the most. Exactly. And his smile. He had an awesome smile. Smile. So Sarah, we spoke a lot today about your brother, which I am more than grateful that you told me about. Um, I feel so honored that you had that you felt like it was okay to share this with me and our platform at Project Transition. But where can we learn more about sibling ending addiction stigma? Where can we talk more with you? Where can we find you? If I had a sibling or if somebody that I know wanted to go to a meeting, where could they find you? Uh, so right now we're doing virtual meetings. We uh, typically meet every Saturday, third Saturday, excuse me, third Saturday of the month. Um, virtually, you can reach out to our email which is seas.siblings at gmail.com. So is that S-E-A-S? S-E-A-S dot siblings at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Um, we have a Twitter, but I'm lacking Twitter knowledge. I'm trying to learn. Haven't gotten there yet. Um, and, you know, uh, reach out to us. And we'll we'll get back to you, and we'll try to try to help. I will if you're reading this story. If you're listening to this right now, if you go on to our story on the Project Transition Instagram, you will see that we sh just shared a uh, a picture of the uh, siblings ending addiction stigma profile. So just click on that on our story, and it'll bring you straight to their profile. Uh, and then it'll have all the information there below. And you can find more information about the meeting times in the comments below. So Sarah, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. Uh, I couldn't thank you more than I can right now. Um, it just, it was so powerful. And to hear uh, Robbie's story, it was so powerful. And just to hear Robbie's story, it's, really humbling to humbling you know and i'm just gonna take every second i can to enjoy the people that are currently in my life because you you never know you don't you never know and brandon i cannot thank you enough for listening that day that i walked up to your table and you know giving me this opportunity and to talk not only about robbie but to talk about our group um and, you know, I really appreciate it. And like I said before, if there's anything that SEAS can help project transition with, by all means, you know, reach out, we'll figure it out. I, I would love to do something together Absolutely. in the future. It would be great. Yes, ma'am. Remember, no matter what, we're in this together. That's right. Thank you all so much for listening. I'll see you all next time.